Hello everybody, thank you so much for being with me, I appreciate your time. Looks like uh, President Joe Biden can see dead people. Why do I say that? Well, check this out. And I want to thank all of you here, for in including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here to help make this a reality. Well, no, Jackie was uh, being dead for quite a while now. And so that's what we can see from this president and uh, national TV or international, if you've seen it. So let's see what the press secretary wants to cover it up, and we'll take it from there. Sorry, I have to do this, but I'm compelled to ask you to go one more time back to the question about Congressman Wolorski. I'm not sure why. Why? Why one more time? Frankly, honestly, I think the memory of the Congresswoman and history requires some clarity here. Um, can you explain where the mistake was made? Did the pres was the president confused? Was something written in the teleprompter that he didn't recognize? Can you just help us understand what happened? I mean, you're jumping to a lot of conclusions. No, but you're. But, but, but I, I. No, I hear you, Stephen. I'm. I'm answering the question that you're jumping to a lot of conclusions. I just answered the question. If I had said, if that had been the case, I would have stated that, right? I would clearly have stated uh, what you just laid out. Uh, what I had said is that she was on top of mine and that he is going to see her family in just two days' time, on Friday, to honor her, to honor her work, to honor, uh, to honor um, her legacy, if you will. Uh, I, I just mentioned this. It's going to be a renaming of a VA clinic in Indiana in her name. And, you know, that is, that is what he was thinking of. He was thinking about her. Surely you would say that I don't believe anything she says. Uh, we can clearly see that this president is not there, um, unfortunately. And uh, to top it off, um, we have somebody is uh, demented, losing their mind, losing where they are, uh, completely uh, sometimes um, out of touch with, with where he's at, sometimes holding... People's hands, and then try to, I guess, hold it again. Who knows? Like shake their hands for the second time. That's what I've seen. But uh, again, to top it off, we have this that came from. If this president was to go away, let's pres let's let's imagine that this president really quits. We have no no better out uh, options here, and 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 check this out. Okay, from the vice president, Kamala Harris. The United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. You know, she was in uh, South Korea, but um, she thinks that she's in North Korea. They're so bad at this job. Uh, they cannot hide it and, and in plain sight. Uh, <laughs> this is how bad it's getting in, in this administration. I mean, she is the one in charge of the uh, border and she's yet to go. 
but she can say stuff like this and really make a mockery of the United States. No excuse whatsoever. She's a politician, and before that, she was a, a lawyer. And to tell you the truth, she must have been a very bad lawyer because this is no way somebody with that type of supposedly professionalism should be uh, coming in to another nation and not be prepared, you know? That's the type of cockiness, I guess, she thinks she has this because I'm the vice president. Well, enough about them. Um, main thing here is that he, we are really uh, in big trouble, no matter which way we go. Now, if you remember something about Russia and what's been happening over there, something about the pipe that somebody either intentionally or accidentally uh, broke the pipe of oil. What's happening is that pipe supposed to feed into Europe. Usually, if they don't have uh, any problems, they're paying to Russia, then they should be continue getting what they want. But see, these nations are part of the UN. Who is fighting? Who is fighting Russia? Well, the U.S. and the U and United Nations. And these people are basically telling uh, Russia, "Screw you! We'll continue to fight you because Ukraine is very important for us." But I wanted to mention a. Or ask the question, who actually did this, you know? Because it's interesting <clears throat> that um, right after that incident happened, there was another pipe right away coming to feed Europe. And, you know, there's only a few that can do it. And one of them is the U.S., and the, the way I think it did happen was by um, either a... There's two ways to happen. Number one, either by a group of intelligence, and very small, of course, and probably putting some dynamite or, you know, underwater and, and, and doing that. And the other way is by drones. And to my five cents, or my six cents, to me it tells me that it was a a drone. And, you know, this is interesting because uh, Tucker talks a little bit about this. And I wanted to point out this and I want to see if you can check this out, okay? Worried about climate change. What just happened to the Nord Stream pipelines is as close to the apocalypse as we have ever come. So the question is, how did this happen? And it turns out it was not an accident. At the very same time that leaks in these pipelines were detected, Swedish officials recorded two powerful undersea explosions, each one of which was equivalent to hundreds of pounds of TNT. Nothing in nature can account for that. 
almost immediately the pipelines began leaking in three separate places. So there's only one explanation for what happened. This was an act of industrial terrorism. That was very obvious to the Prime Minister of Poland, and he wasted no time in saying so. Watch. Today, we are also dealing with an act of sabotage. We do not know the details of what happened yet, but we can clearly see that it is an act of sabotage, an act that probably marks the next stage in the escalation of the situation we are dealing with in Ukraine. We can clearly see, he said, this was an act of sabotage, an act of terrorism. Well, yes, we can see that. So the question is, who did it? And, of course, the prime suspect is obvious. It would be the same man who caused domestic inflation here in the U.S. and stole the 2016 election from Hillary Clinton. That'd be Vladimir V. Putin. The Washington Post got right to it. Putin, they declared, is now weaponizing the Nord Stream pipelines. According to the Canadian ambassador to the U.N., Vladimir Putin has decided to use, quote, pollution as an act of war. Progressive Twitter strongly endorsed this conclusion. Putin did it. And that makes sense until you thought about it for just a moment. Vladimir Putin may be evil, they tell us that he is evil, but is he stupid? Probably isn't stupid. And yet, and here's the strange part, if you are Vladimir Putin, you would have to be a suicidal moron to blow up your own energy pipelines. That's the one thing you would never do. Natural gas pipelines are the main source of your power and your wealth, and most critically, your leverage over other countries. Europe needs your energy, now more than ever, with winter approaching. If you can't deliver that energy, then countries like Germany have no need to pay attention to what you want. You're in the middle of a war, an all-hands-on-deck war, so you need all the leverage you can get. Under these circumstances, there is no chance you would blow up Nord Stream 1 or 2. Not now, obviously. In fact, it's so obvious that even our famously dim Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, seemed to acknowledge it. Sabotaging Nord Stream, he said today, is, quote, clearly in no one's interest. Right but really only half right. It is true that blowing up Nord Stream does not help Vladimir Putin. He would not do that. Why would he? But that doesn't mean that other countries wouldn't consider doing it. They would consider it, and we know they have considered it because at least one of them has said so in public. In early February, less than three weeks before the war in Ukraine began, Joe Biden suggested on camera that he might take out these pipelines. Watch. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. What do you, what, how, will you, how will you do that exactly since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Notice how he phrased that, and he's the president, doesn't phrase things by accident, particularly when he's reading off cards. He didn't say, I will pause the delivery of gas from Russia to Germany. He said, there won't be a Nord Stream 2. We'll put an end to it. We'll take it out. We'll blow it up. How will you do this? He was asked. I promise you we will be able to do it. They thought this through. And yet those watching, very much including us, didn't take Biden seriously when he said it. This is the president who has declared climate change the most pressing emergency in the history of the world. This is the man who lectures you about using a wood stove or driving an SUV because of its emissions. This is the guy who spent billions trying to mitigate cow flatulence because methane. 
Would that guy really blow up a methane pipeline in the middle of the Baltic Sea? The question is this, is Russia going to blame the U.S. for something done to the pipe and pointing at each other? Is this perhaps World War Three because the pipe got somehow exploded or broken? However um, you want to call it. Interesting enough, you know, that same... The same week, uh, or actually about seven days ago, guess what happened? The Baltic pipe opened. What's the Baltic pipe? Well, this is the Baltic pipe. Pipe is a natural gas pipeline between Europe and Poland. It's interesting. It happened the same, the same week. They opened up. You know what? I I I wanna play one more clip that that uh, Tucker said and, and let you analyze this whole situation. Gorski is so close to Joe Biden that he's got a picture of the two of them together in his Twitter profile. So when the pipelines blew up, Sikorsky responded immediately. And here's what he wrote. Thank you, USA. So once again, did the Biden administration really do this? It's hard to believe. Given that it's an atrocity, it's effectively an act of terrorism, we don't want to make that accusation. But we should tell you that, maybe not coincidentally, today a brand new pipeline was unveiled. A pipeline that carries non-Russian natural gas in roughly the same area as Nord Streams 1 and 2. This is called the Baltic Pipe. It was inaugurated in Poland. It will carry natural gas from Norway through Denmark to Poland and other countries nearby. And it's likely to do very well since now it has less competition. Making sense? What does the White House say about this? How are they accounting for what happened today? Well, they're not exactly enthusiastically denying responsibility for it. Instead, they're looking at the upside. Here's the president's publicist noting that the destruction of yet another energy pipeline is yet another opportunity for you to buy an electric car. Uh, as you all know, these pipelines weren't pumping gas into Europe at this time. Uh, NS2 was never operational, as you guys know. NS1 has not been operational for weeks because uh, Putin has weaponized uh, energy. And we have said this many times before. This just drives home the importance of our efforts to work together to get alternative gas uh, supplies to Europe and to support efforts to reduce gas uh, consumption and accelerate true energy independence by moving to clean energy uh, economy. Oh, moving to clean energy. Say the people who very may well be responsible for letting methane into the Baltic Sea and into the atmosphere at a scale that most people can't imagine. The people lecturing you about your SUV may have blown up a natural gas pipeline and created one of the great catastrophes of our time. Its effect on the environment. If they did this, this will be one of the craziest, most destructive things any American administration has ever done. But it would also be totally consistent with what they do. What do they do? They destroy. These people build nothing, not one thing. Instead, they tear down and they desecrate from historic statues to the Constitution to energy infrastructure. And no one in Congress is trying to stop any of it. 
They're just preparing for the inevitable fallout. Tonight, the Senate just advanced a spending bill with $35 million for the Department of Energy to, quote, prepare for and respond to potential nuclear and radiological incidents in Ukraine. What? The spending bill also brings the total U.S. expenditure on Ukraine, the war, but also funding its government and energy for Ukraine, to $67 billion on the eve of what could be a massive economic disruption here to our economy, $67 billion. How much is that? Well, it's more than Russia's entire military budget last year. And Congress is expected to fully pass the bill later this week with Republicans nodding along like the zombies they are. What will be the effect of this? Every action has a reaction, equal and opposite. Blow up the Nord Stream pipelines? Okay, we've entered a new phase. One in which the United States is directly at war with the largest nuclear power in the world. Doesn't mean it'll go nuclear immediately, but it does suggest there could be consequences. If we actually blew up the Nord Stream pipelines, why wouldn't Russia sever undersea internet cables? What would happen if they did that? What would happen if banks in London couldn't communicate with banks in New York? Just that one piece of it leaving aside its potential effects on our power grid. But let's just say the banks couldn't communicate with each other for one day. What would the economic effect of that be? Oh, we would cascade downward into your house. We could have an actual collapse. We could wind up very quickly in third world conditions. Those are the stakes. Have the people behind this, the geniuses like Toria Newland, considered the effects? Maybe they have. Maybe that was the point. Now, I, I don't say this lightly. But we are definitely in the brink of third world war. And, and, and this is not funny in any way, shape, or form. But these people, they don't think, really. I mean, they think that by winning this type of war, it's going to give them, um, I don't know, a medal or, or the ability to control something they cannot control it's um it's interesting what's gonna happen i on top of what's happening now we have this fear and not to not to uh, i guess give you more bad news but another bad news is korea launching is um north korea that is uh, like uh, Kamala um, is launching the missiles over the Japan air. It's and so all what the uh, Japanese are doing is protecting themselves, and emergency alarms have gone all over. This just happened, and uh, you probably heard in the news. So this is a chaos. Inflation and threats of war, that's pretty interesting. The question I bring is, if Russia does want to go to war, is China going to be actually aligned with Russia? Or perhaps Russia uh, is going to do it all alone because China might say no. That's an interesting question to ask. It's all about money. The cost of a war, no matter which way you you ponder it, is very excessive. These things don't happen 
right away. But when they do happen, they happen very quick. Meaning that they plan it. And the moment they go on attack, um, they start hitting. Russia has capabilities as well as the U.S. And the ones that are going to start hurting the most is going to be the Europeans. So, and anything that hurts the Europeans, obviously the United States is going to get in. It's part of the U.N., of course. How much is this going to cost us? In the long run, it's costing us big time. We shouldn't be in a war with with the U.N., putting billions upon billions in exaggerated numbers so far. 80 plus billion dollars so far is being put into this war. And nobody, I mean, the average Joe doesn't want it. And I'm pretty sure where you are, you don't want anything too because it's affecting you. Because these politicians are putting money in an empty, empty pocket. And you know who is winning in this thing? Because I go back to Ukraine. Ukraine. The leadership. Zelensky. It's 1.5 billion every single day that is being given to Ukraine. However you want it, you know, point it out. Whether it's cash or whether it's weapons. And it's costing us, the U.S., American people, and it's costing us an inflation. To top it off here, because this guy doesn't want to open the lines for us to be independent, because their idea is to be green energy. Green energy is their idea. That idea, ladies and gentlemen, is completely way out to the future. We're not even ready for that. But it's costing us now. If that money would have been put into that sort of energy thing, probably would be happening grids of of electricity and, and air or water. Because the power of water gives energy also. But none of that is structured yet anywhere you want to put it. No Europe and no U.S. It's interesting what's going to happen. Till next time. I hope it's soon. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.